To this day, Hajj is actually a time where scholars from around the world get to meet each other that otherwise don't get to meet. It's a time where Muslims get to interact with all sorts of cultures that they otherwise have never heard of. And you can imagine at that time, right, if you had not traveled the world and most of the people that were coming from Medina at the time had not seen the rest of the world, imagine what it was like to see the first expressions of Islam from Africa, from Yemen, from Asham, from all of these different places and to interact with those people. Now, one of the things about this particular Hajj, the Hajj of the Prophet is that the majority of those who we call Sahaba, who we call companions today, became companions only because they met the Prophet in Hajj. So when you go to the books of Hadith, you find Bab Hajjat Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and it is one of the longest uh, chapters and you will find one of the longest narrations about the Hajj. In fact, this long narration from Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhu that goes point by point in everything that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did for the Hajj. But he starts off with this. He says that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he stayed in Medina for a total of nine years and the Prophet announced in the 10th year that he had intended to do the Hajj. And so people found out about that and they started to gather around Medina, so excited to do Hajj with the Prophet. Imagine anywhere in the world that you were when you heard that Rasulullah is going to do Hajj this year and that this is going to be the first Hajj purely of Muslims. How would you react and what type of VIP package is that, right? So. What ends up happening is that you have tens of thousands of people that start to pitch tents on the outskirts of Medina way before the Hajj starts, waiting for the Prophet to embark on this journey so that they too could be with him. So tens of thousands of people around. And this was the time, as we said, more people became Sahaba during this Hajj than any other event in Islam. Up to 144,000 people would do Hajj with the Prophet and that's all that you have to do to become a Sahabi is to see the Prophet as a believer. And so all of these people that the Prophet had never met, and there they are waiting to go with him Now, even during the Prophet's lifetime, this was called the farewell Hajj, Hajjatul Wada' because the Prophet kept on indicating that this was perhaps going to be his final year in this world. However, the people still held out hope that the Prophet was going to be amongst them for a long time. So Rasulullah he appoints the famous companion Abu Dujana عنه, the warrior to be the governor of Al-Madinah during his absence and on the 25th of Dhul-Qa'dah which corresponds to February of the year 632 he makes his way out of Al-Madinah accompanied by all of his wives so all of Ummahat al-Mu'mineen all of the mothers of the believers went on this Hajj with the Prophet it was Saturday, the 25th of Dhul Qa'dah. And as we said, this is the fourth Umrah of the Prophet and all of his Umrahs were in Dhul Qa'dah. He prayed Dhuhr in his own Masjid, in Masjid Nabawi. And then he goes out to the furthest Miqat, the furthest station where people enter into Ihram. And this is the Miqat of Dhul Hulayfa. This is the Miqat that Isa السلام, that Jesus peace be upon him, will enter into Ihram from when he comes back to do his Hajj or his Umrah. So the Prophet وسلم, he gets to Dhul Hulayfa and he does his Ghusl and he changes into his Ihram and he says that a messenger came to me last night 
and he told me to pray in this blessed valley of Al-Aqiq. So he prayed two rak'ahs sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and then he dressed himself alayhi salatu wasallam in two plain white garments of cotton from Yemen for ihram. And this is significant by the way, that Rasulullah's ihram was indistinguishable from everybody else's ihram. He was wearing absolutely nothing Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that would set him apart from everyone else as the leader of the people. The Prophet is on a camel just like everybody else. The Prophet is carrying his luggage just like everyone else. And the Prophet is wearing the same ihram as everyone else. Now something significant that takes place there is that Asma bint Umayyah she gives birth to the only child of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu in Islam. Uh, Asma' radiallahu anha was married to Ja'far radiallahu anhu, and then when Ja'far died, she married Abu Bakr, and then when Abu Bakr died, she married Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And this child that she gave birth to at the Miqat, when the Prophet and the companions were about to go out, because it was the only child of Abu Bakr in Islam, he named this child Muhammad. So Muhammad ibn Abi Bakr is born, but guess what? Asma radiallahu anha still wants to go to Hajj. Literally the same day that she gives birth, she tells the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that she gave birth, but she is in nifas and she still wants to go to Hajj. So she takes instructions from the Prophet sallallahu with her postnatal bleeding to cover herself and to still proceed with the Prophet sallallahu So what, subhanAllah, what a woman to go out on that day, the day that she gives birth to Muhammad, the son of Abu Bakr, she makes her way on the Hajj with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So the Prophet he prays his two rak'ahs and he mounts the famous camel Al-Qaswa, which was the camel that the Prophet used for his journeys between Mecca and Al-Madinah. It was his favorite camel alayhi salatu wassalam. And Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhu describes the scene of looking at the Prophet in Al-Bayda when he is surrounded by people from all over the world. And he said, I looked at the furthest where my eyesight could reach. He said that I looked out that day and the furthest of my eyesight, I just saw seas of people. Think about that many people at that time. This wasn't a world where you had six, seven billion people, over a hundred thousand people. And I looked to my right, to my left, in front of me, behind me, and there was either someone who was mashing, who was walking, or someone that was riding something. And the Prophet was amongst us. He wasn't distant from the people. He was riding amongst us. وَعَلَيْهِ يَنزِلُ الْقُرْآنِ Allahu Akbar And the Qur'an was descending upon the Prophet while he was riding amongst us. SubhanAllah. So we're looking at him and the Qur'an is coming upon him and they knew how the Prophet looked when Qur'an would descend upon him. And he said, وَمَا عَمِلَ بِهِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ عَمِلْنَا بِهِ Whatever the Prophet did, we did the exact same thing. So we're looking at him throughout this entire journey. And we're conveying to those that are not in the vicinity of the Prophet to see him, what he is doing. So the Prophet started to chant out with monotheism, with the chant of Tawheed. So we started to chant just as the Prophet chanted the entire time until we made our way to Mecca. 
So we arrived in Mecca on the fourth day of the Hijjah and the Prophet وسلم, he camped out at night at the Valley of Tuwa. And the scholars say that the Prophet وسلم, did not like to enter during the nighttime. So he stopped with his companions there and they waited in the Valley of Tuwa. And then in the morning, the Prophet وسلم, woke up. He did ghusl once again in Ihram and the Prophet وسلم, enters into Mecca on Sunday morning, the 5th of Dhul-Hijjah. And Jabir who describes portion by portion him doing the tawaf. And as he did the tawaf وسلم, he touched Rukn al-Yamani, the Yemeni corner of the Kaaba, and he kissed the black stone وسلم, because these are the two foundations of Ibrahim Remember, the Kaaba used to be a rectangle, but it was built now as a cube shape. The original foundations are on the side of the Yemeni corner as well as the black stone. And that's why the Prophet would touch the Yemeni corner and he would kiss the black stone And Hijr Ismail is the original shelter that Ibrahim constructed for Hajar and Ismail So at that point, the Prophet he does the tawaf and when he finishes the tawaf he goes to Maqam Ibrahim, the station of Ibrahim and it used to be attached to the Kaaba. It was literally the place where Ibrahim stood as Ismail handed him the bricks as he was building the Kaaba. The Prophet recites, وَاتَّخِذُوا مِنْ مَقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ مُصَلَّى and take from the station of Ibrahim a place of prayer. And he prays placing the station of Ibrahim between him and the Kaaba and honoring his father, SubhanAllah, who built that house one day making dua for him, hoping that this exact scene would happen. You know, Ibrahim never lived to see the scene, but imagine SubhanAllah, this was the true realization of the dua of Ibrahim people coming from all over the world on the backs of every single animal, speaking all types of languages, all saying labbaik Allahumma labbaik, chanting the chant of monotheism. And the Prophet recited in these two rak'ahs, Surah Al-Kafirun and Surah Al-Ikhlas. The first Surah is one in which all of the gods besides Allah are negated. The second Surah is of course Al-Ikhlas, Qul Ahad, the affirmation of Tawheed, the affirmation of monotheism. Then he says that the Prophet drank Zamzam and he climbed to As-Safa, the same mountain where he started his call Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he faced the Kaaba Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And as he was looking out to the Kaaba from As-Safa, the Prophet recited, Inna Safa wal Marwata min that verily as Safa and Al Marwa are from the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said, Abda'u bima bada Allahu bihi. I start with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala started. And then the Prophet وسلم, he raises his hands like he's making dua, looking towards the Kaaba. So imagine him standing on a Safa وسلم, looking towards the Kaaba raising his hands in dua and he recites la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah lahul mulku wa lahul hamd wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir so the famous way of declaring the oneness of allah and then he says la ilaha illallah wahdahu anjaza wa'dah wa nasara 'abdah wa hazama al-ahzab wahdahu the same thing the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said on the day of fatah makkah that there is no god but allah alone he fulfilled his promise he aided his servant, being the Prophet وسلم, and he alone destroyed the Confederates subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet وسلم, repeated this dua three times and he made dua between them. Now, by the way, this is significant. Why? Because this was the place where the Prophet وسلم, stood up 
and he called the people to La ilaha illallah and no one responded to him except for his uncle Abu Lahab and his uncle Abu Lahab cursed him on that day. SubhanAllah. And this was the context of the revelation of Tabbat Yada Abi Lahab in Watab, where Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala responded to Abu Lahab on behalf of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So imagine the Prophet Sallallahu standing on a Safa for the first time, and it was a large hill at the time. And he stands on top of it and the memories of the Prophet Sallallahu looking out to his people and his people staring at him blankly and rejecting his message and him feeling like a complete stranger amongst his own people. And now Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is surrounding him with over a hundred thousand believers in his message as he's standing on a Safa looking at the Kaaba without idols and looking at his people which are the believers from all over the world that worship Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala without partners and reminding himself with this dua and we acknowledge this just as Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala supported Hajar alayhi salam running between As-Safa wal Marwa Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala supported the Prophet Sallallahu when he was alone on that day standing upon As-Safa and every time we go to As-Safa and Al Marwa we remember those moments with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam after the Prophet Sallallahu finished the Prophet Sallallahu made his way to Hujun and this was the same place he pitched his tent in Fatih Mecca near where Khadija is buried and the Prophet waited there until the days of Hajj where he made his way to Mina for the day of At-Tarwiyah where the camels would rest before he would make his way to Arafah and the Prophet at this point by the way he was performing the type of Hajj which is known as Qiran which is where you combine the same Ihram of Umrah and Hajj and the Prophet had advised those that were not with the same intention to break between their ihram of Umrah and their ihram of Hajj, which is Hajj Tamattu', which is the most common way of doing the Hajj. And the Prophet mentioned that if he was to be able to do it again, that he would do Hajj in Tamattu' form. So he stayed in his ihram until the days of Hajj, combining the ihram of Umrah and Hajj, and then came the beautiful moments of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam at Arafah.